The Beer and Pretzel Podcast and Trash Talk Podcast are part of the Buttwide, though, and Podfix Networks. Check them out to hear more content from other great podcasters. This is Trash Talk Podcast, a spinoff of the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. My name's Austin. And this is Travis. And we're here to talk the Batman. So this episode is going to be talking all about the newest Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, recently released in theaters a week or two ago. Uh, we saw it, was it a week ago now? Easily a week ago. Yeah, yeah, a week ago. And we discussed that for the majority of this episode. Um, there's been some comics I've been reading recently that at the end of the episode, unfortunately not related to Batman. I should have been reading more Batman, though. Uh, but I have some comic book recognitions of the week, or just comics I've been uh, reading recently that have been pretty good. I'll talk about uh, a big game, Elden Ring, is going to be our game of the week at the end of the episode that I'll be discussing. And I guess I'll try to like pitch it to you. You've seen... I'm about to be able to play it, though, so I don't really need to pitch it to you that hard. No, 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 I'm getting it one yeah. way or the other. But, yeah, you still pitch it to the audience because sure. who knows? They might want it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's going to be the episode. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of real news and fake news to warm up four pieces of ridiculous news, one of which, though, is fake. But the rest of them are actually real. And I got some pretty good ones, Travis, so we'll see if you can guess them this week. I've not been on a lucky streak with these. Like, I think the last four of them I've missed, or I haven't gotten right, I guess. Yeah, it's been a little bit. So first, let's start off with some Jerry Seinfeld news, something I didn't think I'd be saying for a while or ever. That's the guy from uh, the Seinfeld show, right? Yep. And the B movie. Oh, that. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) So, yeah, he did Seinfeld. And, you know, even though everyone on that show was like funnier and more talented than he is, he got all the credit and whatnot. Because he made the show. Yeah, he made the show. But, like, he, he was not even, like, the main writer. I think he was a co-writer. It doesn't matter. Uh, he deserves part of it. I don't know why I'm getting on a rant against Jerry Seinfeld. I, I have nothing against the man. The point is is that he made the B-movie, which is... Uh, I don't even really have anything against the B-movie either, except it's not good. It's not good. And, and then it's me but that's it, it. Very me But then there's that whole, like, B-human weird relationship thing that... Yeah, that was very weird. Didn't and there's, that. like, a courtroom case at the end of the movie. That was random. Like, whose kid is going to enjoy seeing that? Uh, like, bees in court, I guess, is kind of funny, but still. It's taking yeah. a little serious, though, for, you know, courtroom drama. Yeah. Anyway, that doesn't matter. So, basically, to Seinfeld, he made a shit ton of money. Like, Probably the Friends cast. Money. The Friends cast are making, like, $18 million a year just just because they're on in the show twenty years ago, yeah, just in royalties, or more than twenty, yeah, just in yeah royalties. Is that insane that you can sit on your butt, which half the friends cast are? Because Jennifer Aniston is really the only one that got really, really, you know, she's. I don't know why I'm on a, like a, I'm like anti these cast members. You know, you know they're kind of talented. It's mostly just Jennifer Anderson. I don't know why I'm I'm hating people today. No, I'm salty that people keep getting a shit ton of money for, for sitcoms that are kind of funny in the nineties. Yeah, like, uh, what is it? Everyone Loves Raymond. That guy yeah. never has to work another day in his life. Never seen the show, but didn't look like something I would ever watch. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um. What was I getting on about? Anyway, Jerry Seinfeld. Make he doesn't need show. to work ever again. If, if any made a B-movie, even now is that. I think he does the comedians getting coffee in cars show. Anyway, uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Okay. He's returning to the golden screen of film with Unfrosted. 
a film about the invention of the pop tart <laughs> that he will direct and star in as a pop tart. <laughs> like, uh, it's moving forward at Netflix after uh, being awarded uh, state tax credits in California. For what reason? I don't know. Like, I get, I get, like film industry in California is big. Yeah, but like, why give people money to make a film about pop tarts? Which, albeit they do taste good, they're not good for you, and are probably one of the worst breakfast things to eat mm. as far as like health wise. Why make it? Yeah, or why give them money to make it? I should say, because I don't even know why. Because I know the guy who founded McDonald's got a movie, but like that's kind of interesting because like. McDonald's is like such a tycoon. It is, and it almost felt like because originally it was like White Castle, and then like McDonald's just like wiped everything except for Burger mm. King and Domino's. But like they just wiped the floor of any potential fast food chain almost. Yeah. So like they actually came in hard and fast. Like Pop Tarts, yeah, they're there, but like <laughs> they didn't take anyone out. They're their own breakfast yeah. thing or lunch thing or whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, like like what what's an interest about it unless it's like done as like it's gonna be no i don't think it's gonna be animated it sounds like it's gonna be live action which is worse yeah no it's far worse because yeah. at least like talking pop tarts like those uh talking cinnamon toast crunch things those are fun mm. like talking pop tarts could be fun but like actually seeing the owner of pop tarts or the fake owner like coming in and telling us his life story i don't care yeah who cares all these movies, I don't care. So we have two Michael Bay facts this week. Was he making more movies? We'll get to that. Number two, we're going a blast in the past to something that I thought was funny. So for Megan Fox's audition for Transformers, which I do feel bad at the time. I always pictured her like in her like 20s, like 25 for her first movie. Apparently, she was like 17 or 18. She was very young in the yeah. first one. Yeah, I know. Like. Even comparison to a co-star there, or whatever his name is. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. She's still, like, much younger than him. Yeah. Well, part of her audition involved washing Michael Bay's Ferrari. I'm taking it in her booty shorts. It doesn't say, but I'm sure that was a requirement. Yeah. How <sighs> douchey do you get? Yeah. I get she's hot. (laughs) Yeah. And I get like that was part of her thing. Like Mm. in the movie, she was like bent over the hood of a car working on it or something. And you have to see. Yeah, that's like her big scene. Yeah, you get to see her booty shorts. I get that. She's cute and all, but like really just. As an audition, too. Yeah. Like. In watching the director's car? Is that like the meeting? A bit. Yeah, because like that's something high school girls would do for attention and money. Because, you know, high schools do that, or at least in movies they do anyway. But like, you don't do that. In freaking, you shouldn't have to do that in reality just to get a, a role. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, I wasn't even like, pretend that this object is a car. I want to see your imagination because you'll be interacting with CGI beings like Transformers. So picture this as a car that you're going to wash. It, you're, the clothes you're in is fine. Just, we're going to pretend because, you know, this is acting. He's like, nah, let's go in the back lot and, you know, wash my car. Yeah. And you got to put booty on booty shorts on before you do it, I'm assuming. Yeah. So <sighs> that's our first Michael Bay news. Uh, but we're going to wait for a fourth one last. Uh, we're going to go to some more wholesome news to the Internet's favorite uh, celebrity, Brandon Fraser. Everyone's loving up Brandon Fraser comeback. People love him in DC's uh, Doom Patrol. He oh. recently was cast as the villain Firefly for the HBO Max, 
I think it's straight to HBO Max movie Batgirl, which is filming right now. Oh. Uh, going on some wholesome facts, uh, Brendan Fraser is back for, I'm not sure if it's a good or bad thing, but apparently they have approved or greenlit a script to be written for a Brandon Fraser spinoff Firefly show. Oh, I haven't made the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't understand any of that. Like, mm. I get people like the characters and all, but like they had, uh, what was it, the Penguin already yeah. had a spinoff show before, before the movie came out. Before Batman came out. Yeah. It's like, we might hate the character. Oh, sure. He was great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But people might not like him. And then like now, Firefly, like, yeah, we do want the villain's backstory, but like, how many people care about Firefly? Like, yeah. he's not the most well-known villain. He's definitely, for a Batman villain, he's definitely very bottom tier. Uh, definitely Brendan Fraser, like, upset, of course. But, like, at least the Penguin, at least we saw a trailer. Mm. So we got to see it. And, Col- well, yeah, Colin Farrell's a popular actor. Not seeing Brendan Fraser isn't. But, like, to not even get a trailer. And they're already announcing that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's weird. More power to him. I guess, yeah. I love Brandon Fraser. I'm glad he's doing good things now, but weird. Weird choice. Yeah, definitely different. And number four. How douchey was he this time? Michael Bay. Actually, this is not a douchey fact, sort of. Actually, kind of. Uh, Doesn't matter. Uh, So, Transformers. So, uh, the real fake news is that Michael Bay is back with another Transformers movie. Originally, it was announced that the next one that was actually going to be set in Peru uh, by fiancés uh, from Peru. So I thought that was interesting going to Peru. Uh, that was going to be a different director. It was going to be a director of, I think, Creed II, um, this African-American director. He made a very good movie in, in terms of quality. Leaps and bounds better than anything Michael Bay directed, especially recently. Yeah, much less explosions. Um, He was going to direct it, but I don't know. Something happened, and they just decided to bring old Michael Bay back, which is weird because I thought they were like, you know, the man's – he's had five or six movies. Let's give it to someone else. And then they gave the rights – not the rights, but they gave the reins over to – forgot the director's name, but he did Bumblebee, and that is the most critically acclaimed Transformer movie. So I thought this would be a new path of letting other directors try different things. And then they just axed it. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, he could have weaseled it, or like he could have bought his way into it, I guess. I'm sure he did. But, I don't know, I don't want another one. Yeah. Like, there have been plenty, and I haven't hated any of them. Mm. Like, I'm some of them I'm less of a fan of than others. Like, more of the original ones I like better than the newer ones. But, like, I haven't hated any of them. And by far, Bumblebee was far better. Different director. And then you just, I just don't need any more. Mm. I've more got, in general or more Michael Bay ones? More Michael Bay. Okay. So uh, you're fine with other Transformer yeah, movies. Yeah. No, like I've seen some of the animated stuff they've made recently, which wasn't ish great. But again, Bumblebee was fine. Again, different director. So it's like, I don't, I just don't need more Michael Bay. I've had my fill of Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Had your fill of him. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you also say his uh, Netflix one, Ryan Reynolds, wasn't good or great? Uh, It was a mediocre action film at yeah. its best. Yeah, I figured. Well, Travis, what is the fake piece of news this week and why? Let's see if you can break your streak. Uh, let's go into it. Two Michael Bay news. One, of course, from Megan Fox, Megan Fox to wash his car. Uh, Michael Bay back with another Transformers movie. Uh, Brandon Fraser getting his own Firefly show, even though the movie is not even – doesn't even have a trailer or anything. And what was the first one? I got to go back on my phone. Uh, it was – do you remember? I can't find it. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld Pop-Tart movie. 
Oh, okay. Um, considering... Talk us through your process of breaking down like a detective, like Batman. Okay, well, you said the Pop-Tart one's being made by Netflix, which makes that ever so slightly more believable. So That's I, true. <laughs> I kind of want to keep that one in. Mm. The problem is the two Michael Bay ones sound really believable <laughs> for Michael Bay. Yeah. Because I could easily see him trying to make another Transformers movie that people will like-ish, but it'll be stupid. And I can easily see him doing that to Megan Fox, despite her being a 17 or 18-year-old girl. Mm. And they can't both be fake. And they can't both be fake. And maybe they're both real. Possibly. I'm leaning towards the Firefly one, because mm. even though I could see it happening, the fact that they did that just with the Penguin, and then they're like already trying to do it again, makes it slightly less believable. True. <sighs> Tough choices. Yeah. But the thing you gotta keep in mind also is like, not only did they give Penguin his own show, never a while ago. I don't know if it still happened. They also greenlit like a TV show set within the police of Gotham in this Batman universe. So it oh, seems the, like, yeah. yeah. So it seems like they're kind of like green light in but that's the any thing. potential show. That's true. But I don't even know if this Bat Batgirl Batwoman show is taking place in this current Batman universe. I don't know which. It's one's. not. It's set in the Snyderverse one. Okay. Because uh, J.K. Simmons, who is Commissioner Gordon. In the Snyder Cut, he's going to be Commissioner Gordon in this one. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be kind of confusing seeing two different Jim Gordons run around. Yeah. I guess just because I really hope it doesn't happen, I'm going to go with uh, not Zack Snyder. We just said Michael name. Bay. Michael Bay making another Transformers movies that we don't. Huh. Need. So you think it's more realistic that he would force Megan Fox to wash his car? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. All right. Is that your final answer? I, I'm going to stick with that for the moment. Okay. And the fake piece of news this week, Travis, is Michael Bay is not returning to the Transformers series. You are correct. Ding, 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 Travis, this Holy week. Holy crap. I got that right. Hell's you it. did. And actually, um, the director I was talking about, the director who made Creed 2, he is actually making it, and they are making Peru right now. Oh. Sorry. Actually, I think they wrapped recently. Oh. But Michael Bay is a producer for it. But yeah. he's like, you know, producer and credit, kind of like how Zack Snyder is like, I believe he's a producer of, like, the new Bat... Like, I don't know about the new Batman one, but he was, like, producer of, like, the Wonder Woman movies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, the ones he had nothing yeah. to do with. It's just kind of like he's... Zack Snyder's technically the godfather of this universe, sort of, even though he's not. Kind of like Michael Bay's the godfather of this universe. That's fair. Yeah, so how do you feel about all these news now that you know which one's real and which one's fakes? I'm very much okay with the Brendan Fraser one, because I do like Brendan Fraser, and as... In Doom Patrol, he is amazing. I don't know how he's going to do his Firefly because, you know, we haven't even got a trailer yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, he's good there. Uh, I didn't care about Seinfeld. I still don't <laughs> care about Seinfeld, except for B-Movie was weird. And I could easily see Michael Bay being a douchebag. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's get on to the main topic of the week of the Batman. And then afterwards, we'll stick around and we talk about some comics I've been reading. And we're going to talk about Elden Ring for the game of the week before we wrap up the show. Um, I guess any teaser for future episodes? I don't think we have anything planned. I don't really know. I don't think – I'm not sure what big movies are coming out recently. Actually, I don't know if it's going to be out in time for the next episode. But I'm hearing good things about that Nicolas Cage movie where he plays Nicolas Cage. Mm. I've seen a trailer for that. That actually looks good. Yeah. Was it the new trailer that came out a couple of days ago? Yes. Yes. That was a very good trailer. Oh, man. Yeah. That looks hilarious. So that one shows promise if it doesn't come out. Essentially Scarface, because we're going to be watching that pretty soon. Yeah, we are. At least I am, because yeah. you've seen it before, but I never have. We can bring back uh, the old uh, Mob Movie Monday. 
Yeah. We don't we don't release on Mondays anymore, but still. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. Friday's <laughs> close enough to Monday. Yeah. yeah, it's close enough. It's a cold days off, but it's fine. Yeah, no big deal. I was thinking about like our Tuesday slot, but I forgot that we do these episodes always on Fridays, not Tuesdays. Yeah. So that's even more off. Doesn't matter. Anyway, the Batman. Um, Matt Reeves movie. This one is a kind of a reboot of its own way. Except it's kind of doing what a lot of movies are doing now, which I'm glad, which is they're skipping the origin story part of it. They did that with Spider-Man recently. We don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot again. This one, they're like, we've seen the Marfa and Thomas Wayne die a bunch. Let's just skip that part. Yeah, we've got the traumatic part of it down. Yeah, we get it. There's like eight other movies to reference. Like, if you don't understand who Batman is and Spider-Man is, like... What, like... 80 comics and at least five or six movies. Oh, yeah. Just pick one. Yeah, just pick any of them. It's and, and I guess, like, you can tell the story that, like, it doesn't need to be defined by that event. Yeah, and honestly, with just with the amount they mentioned it in this movie was plenty. Because, yeah. like, we know they died. We know it was traumatic for Bruce Wayne. And for anyone who knows the backstory, they know he they died in front of him. Yeah. Like, we don't need much more than that. Do you feel like if you didn't know about Batman for some reason, do you think how the illusion they did how they alluded to like his reaction to a little boy who lost his parents. You could see that he was kind of, he, you know, he resonated yeah. with a kid. Do you feel like you have gotten that if you didn't know Batman or no? No, I, I'd still understand that. Mm. Like, cause like you could tell he had some sort of traumatic experience. Like I think they went a bit heavy with the, was a Gothic emo part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you could tell he had some sort of traumatic experience. And then, like, you could see some sort of resignation with the kid, even though, like, the first time they did it when he was in his Batman, spoilers, when he was in his Batman costume and he looks at the little kid and they're, like, kind of making a connection there, that was fine. When they also did it again in the, what was it, the, like, the, the memorial for the kid's father? Uh, yeah, I think the, so. It almost felt like, I think it was a church or, like, town hall or something. I can't remember where. But basically, the kid looked at him again like he did to the Batman, and it was like they just had this connection, even though supposedly mm. the kid shouldn't know he's Batman. Oh, sure. I might have forgot that scene, but yeah. It was right before the guy almost got his head blown off. Or did oh, get- oh, I, yeah, yeah. For some reason, anytime someone mentions a memorial, it goes to me. I always flash back to the millions of graveyard scenes that are set outdoors. Everyone's in black. It's raining. Yeah. And like the first couple times, I like the aesthetic of when it rains during a, like, you know, a funeral. But like every movie's done that. Yeah. Every movie I've seen, except for like one. Yeah. Which the only difference was it was bright and sunny. It was like LA, bright and sunny. And there was like a bunch of people with guns shooting off because like a cop memorial. Mm. But that's the only other time I've not seen it raining and everyone's gloomy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, so uh, it skips over that part, which I'm glad for. And this is a reboot of its own way. And what's kind of interesting is that it is early stages Batman, but there is like allusions to things that he's already done. Yeah. So. While Catwoman is in it, and the director says that for a lot of these characters, it's an origin story for them, there is a history already with him and uh, Catwoman. Batman and Catwoman have some kind of past because they seem to know each other. Uh, He seems to know Penguin as a figure in the crime uh, scene of Gotham. It seems like these characters know about each other. It seems like Batman's been doing this for a little bit, just not terribly long. Yeah, because... At least from what I saw, there was like a a couple of gangs and one of them you could easily tell was like the Penguins gang. And one of them was definitely like because face paint, all that they were basically like a Joker type gang. 
Mm. And Joker was in already put in Arkham Asylum at that point. True. So you can tell he's at least had some sort of run in with the Joker before. Mm. But like for Penguin, this was very much an origin story because this he's still part of a bigger crime syndicate. So he's like low, lower level ish. He's still like high up there, but like he's not the, the big top dog of this crime syndicate. Um, so there's that. Um, Catwoman, they, I don't know if they had a connection earlier, but she's definitely been like stealing stuff before. But this is her like breakout and when like everyone knows the Catwoman's like this famous burglar kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And then of course this is the introduction of the Riddler. Do you like how uh Penguin cuz usually Penguin's shown as he's already like the top guy on his organization. Do you like or do not like that he was number 2 in this? I like it just cuz if you're planning on make a Penguin show, it makes sense that this sets that up of his rise to power. Yeah. We were talking about Scarface earlier. Apparently, that's what you're going to plan on doing with the show, which I'm excited for, his rise to power as a head of a crime family. Or do you not like that he was not the head guy? He was he was number two, I would say. Yeah, number two or three, whatever. Uh, I think the Gotham show did it better mm. for him because it was like he was more manipulative. He put his hand in the honeypot and then like he did get burned a few times, but he'd learn from his mistakes and then he'd keep trying to manipulate and work his way higher in the thing. This one, it was kind of, he'd already like, he was just number two. We didn't see his like from the bottom to the top. Yeah. And then he just took over the number one spot because the guy got arrested or yeah. dead or whatever it was. So like, it was kind of, I, I would have liked to see more of almost his origin story of how he got to where he was. Sure. I'm fine with that because, you know, the movie's already three hours long. So no, no, sorry. I wouldn't want to see it in this movie. In yeah. the show, maybe. Like, if they did yeah. a prequel-ish, at least, like... An episode cut. or two, like, yeah. flashback to flashback an arrow scenes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see when that happens because that's true that with Gotham, they were able... Pretty much for all those characters, they really started, like, at their very beginning and they got to go forward. And people really do like Evo that Cobblepot in that show is very different, that he's, like, skinny. Yeah. People really like that penguin, and that actor did a great job with that role, and that's probably one of the better roles on that TV show, I'd say. Character-wise, that penguin's probably my favorite character besides maybe Jim Gordon. Oh, easily, yeah. And, like, that's one of the things I like, because uh, with that particular one, even though he didn't much look like our traditional penguin, he made me feel like this was the penguin, because he did use manipulation, but he also kind of used, like, money and force. Yes. In instances, like as I'd expect the penguin, like every other penguin I've seen is literally just kind of like a big figurehead sitting at his organization, getting taken down by the Batman. He just sends his goons out to do everything mm. like this one actually was working and doing stuff. Which one? The the, the Gotham one. The Gotham one. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so while we do this review, we're not going to really we're going to go into the story, but we're not going to. This could be mostly a spoiler heavy review. And um, we might go if people respond to my Facebook posts asking if people had their own opinion on the movie. I want to see what they thought. Um, but also we're going to be occasionally talking about different IMDb trivia about the movie and reacting to it. So I guess the first thing we're going to talk about that I thought was kind of interesting is that on IMDb it said that this movie was very inspired and especially Bruce Wayne was inspired by uh, Kurt Cobain, um, the main singer of Nirvana. And apparently the director listened to a lot of Nirvana when he wrote the first act of this movie. Uh, that's when it came to me that rather than making Bruce Wayne the Playboy version we've seen before, there's another version 
who has gone through a great tragedy and became a recluse. Kurt Cobain had a relationship with fame where being famous was not his goal. He loved music, but the idea of being famous for music was a double-edged sword for him. That made me think of Robert Patterson because Rob is a very private person himself and he doesn't necessarily like the part of being recognized everywhere as an actor. And I definitely, I'm not sure if you saw it, I definitely got the Nirvana aesthetic from this movie because Bruce Wayne... His like hair looks constantly greasy in this when he's not going out in public, which I guess is kind of fair because if you're Batman under that leather suit, you're going to get sweaty and gross. Oh, yeah, and especially if he's living in basically a cave or uh, underground railroad station, whatever it was, like ninety percent of the time, you're not mm. gonna be a very clean person. Exactly. Uh, he's got like the heavy, like kind of like the emo uh, eyeliner, the eyeliner underneath, which I guess that's something that. Batman hasn't really shown before in movies, but he usually does that yeah. to make it harder to see who he is. Yeah. And kind of hide his face more, I guess. And also, like, well, also, there was a Nirvana song played during the movie. And also, I feel like the movie also has, like, it's a mixture of, like, gothic look, but I think it's also more, I would say it's, like, 40%, like, gothic mystery. And I would say 60%, like, grunge, like, 90s grunge is yeah. what I got from it. Yeah, like I almost got actually like kind of, in certain aspects I've got a Scarface. Now that I've seen mm-hmm. the movie, but that kind of feel like Miami, like shoot 'em up, uh, kind of a like an '80s like crime movie sort 80s of. '80s crime, yeah, that's what I got. '80s yeah. crime mixed with a bit of '90s grunge. I will tell that uh, say that and a bit of kind of gothic. I didn't get as much of the gothic unless it was like the abandoned, uh, like. Was it the child uh, orphanage? Yeah, the orphanage. Yeah, like, definitely the orphanage is one. Uh, some of their outfits, just like the heavy on black and everything. But I guess I would say maybe, yeah, definitely the grunge, 90s grunge yeah. probably overshadows it. Yeah, because like even though it's like heavy on black, like that's how Batman's been for years. Yeah. He's the dark knight. And grunge also kind of works with that too. Also, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so let's talk about the movie. It's interesting because... It's set in the present day, but to me, not just because of the 90s grunge factor, but also the aesthetic of the movie mixed with the architecture of the land and also that Batman uses limited technology. It kind of felt like almost like it was a 90s time period. What did you think? Did you definitely think, yeah, this is 100% modern day? I mean, so like I'm, as you know, a big fan of cars. So when I look at the cars, I can tell modern. But then if you look at everything else, because, like, literally, if you look at where he lives, it's, like, Wayne Tower. But it looks almost like a gothic castle or a gothic mm. cathedral on top of what I'm assuming was, like, an abandoned railroad. Uh, what is it? Subway. A subway station. Yeah. So it's, like, that almost didn't fit. Because, like, certain parts, like uh, the very end scene where they go to that big uh, arena. Or not arena. the Where the, the mayor was doing her speech. Yeah. Wasn't that, like, outside, like, a... Like a soccer stadium or something? It could have been, or like a basketball stadium or something. It doesn't matter. But like that looks very modern. And then you look mm. at his ca- gothic castle and a lot of like the brick, uh, like uh, apartment buildings and stuff. And like, it's it's kind of like a weird mix of everything. Mm. Like I look at the cars, the cars look brand new. That stadium looked really new, really fancy, had all glass and all that. And then you see the brick buildings that looks like 90s grunge. You see his castle and you see the gothic like yeah horror and it's just like is that weird mix of a little bit of everything and it was it was all right it was kind of visually it was kind of pleasing because you didn't know what was 
you're going to see next. Yeah, definitely. I would say one of my favorite aspects of this movie is the general aesthetic of it. Cause I like how it leaned into a little bit of the Tim Burton, like Gothic nineties Batman movies. It has this like nineties grunge look to it. It's modern day, but it's not like very flashy modern. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like, this is Gotham and it's like a shitty town. There's a lot of crime and corrupt people. Also, that's another thing I really liked. Uh, I want to see your opinion on it. I personally liked the focus on corruption within the government. That's kind of Riddler's shtick is that he's going after these politicians and knocking them off because uh, they're corrupt. He's doing it in kind of a not the right way, but he's got some kind of motivation. I kind of liked how... I, I wasn't really focused so much about politicians because that's kind of like a gimme that politicians are corrupt. Yeah. No offense. Um, but cops, though, I liked how it was kind of obvious that a lot of the crime that happens is because they, they own at least half the police station. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, also falls into, like, realism because, mm. like, in real life, there are very as many corrupt cops as there are legit ones. Yeah. In this one, they kind of overdid it because there was a lot more corrupt. This yeah. was like probably like seventy percent of the police force was corrupt compared to the twenty or thirty percent that wasn't. So it was like that bit of contrast. But again, it I think it showed it very well mm. and was very very entertaining in that aspect. Yeah, and that's like someone like I guess maybe I'm just naive. I'm like, oh, that's not a thing. Cause it, like eighties cop movies, that's like a theme. Is that and I guess that goes into like the eighties crime movie that cops can get corrupted easily by big figures and i'm like oh well modern day doesn't really happen my boss who uh used to live in rhode island apparently rhode island i always thought it was like you know a nice little uh richie boy state um but apparently all like the politicians and cops there are like super corrupt and like there's a big mob scene in present day that just people don't talk about yeah I mean, it, that totally makes sense for gotham too which is even shittier yeah which honestly like if you ever look at Gotham, like, in a map-type setting, you always get the feeling it's either, like, New York, Rhode Island, Mass- not even Massachusetts, like, New York, Rhode Island, like, in that area. Connecticut, there we go. Connecticut, Rhode Island, all that. It's, like, in that area at some, like, they don't say exactly where, and it's a made-up city, supposedly, but it's, like, that kind of setting. Um, And, yeah, honestly, like, they're just kind of, like, dramatizing it, but, like, depicting real life in an aspect. Mm. Because, like, there's just a lot of things that, in America, we just don't talk about. They happen. We know they happen, but we just don't mention it, and we kind of ignore it. I guess, yeah. Uh, So, aesthetic-wise and the theme of corruption are two big things I really enjoyed about this movie, Travis. Uh, What are things that you personally enjoyed about this movie? Um, For one, even though I wasn't so long to be able to, I do love the Batmobile now. And I Mm. think, honestly favorite parts of the movie is the Batmobile chase scene. That's a great chase scene. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, that's a good scene. And cause we don't really see the Batmobile that much, if at all, until that, is, that point. Yeah. So we did, we see it like on its uh car lift, like he's working on it and building the engine for it. But like, it, it doesn't sh- like as a whole car, we don't see it completed until that scene. Mm. And then we don't see it again for the rest of the movie, which is a little bit sad, but mm. honestly, I think that, because I also that was probably the most action out of any scene between the beginning of that car chase where he's chasing Cobblepot through was it the moon not Moonlight Lounge what's that called oh Iceberg Lounge Iceberg Lounge um where he's chasing him through there getting in the him, last scene 
Or actually, sorry, no, that wasn't even the that wasn't even the lounge one. That was when they were at the warehouse. Yes, the dock warehouse getting the drugs. So you get this big shootout scene that leads into a car chase that ends with like a big fiery crash. And I think out of the entire movie, that was probably the most action, mm. but it was well planned out and well choreographed. And like, I thought it was like visually stunning because there's a lot of like, I've seen many car chases in many movies, but this one, like it felt very real really? up until the car crash with Cobblepot. But before that, everything felt real talk about that why did it feel more real to you than a lot of other car chases are filmed today well because a lot of people they always try to do the crazy stunts uh the fast and furious you mean fast and furious uh another one is transporter i don't know if you've ever seen any of those they uh some of them started jason statum i'm aware of them i haven't seen them but they always do something and even james bond they always do something crazy like you'll see a car driving up the side of a wall because he's got some cool gizmo or gadget that does <laughs> yeah. or they'll use a grappling hook as a bridge and swing across to a gully. or jump from like skyscraper to skyscraper or skyscraper through sky like they always do something crazy and like they had a big jump but it was a vaguely believable jump like it was a crashing semi that he ramped off of yep it was a vaguely believable jump but they all just like the way they like the cars move through the streets, like the streets where it was late at night. So like, even though it was dark and it was harder to see the streets were actually empty as compared to with every other chasing you've ever seen. They do it in the middle of the day when the roads are normally packed mm. and you'd be sitting in bumper to bumper traffic or you'd crash. Especially in like a big city in a big city. But yeah. You're right. That during the day in other movies, they have pretty open lane to drive around. Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, like the Fast and Furious, the Dubai, like if you ever see Dubai traffic, it's better than like LA, mm. but they still have heavy traffic and they would never make it as far or as quickly as they ever do. Mm. So like stuff like that, like it's in the middle of the night, two in the morning, whatever it was, streets are kind of empty. And then like for this traffic that's on it, they're able to like weave in and out really well. A lot of, they use that dock area, which is kind of vague and empty, but it's like, crashing through like pipes and stuff and it's just like it's dramatic but it's like visually very nice and very mm. again believable and would you say that's not overly flashy it's definitely not overly flashy because honestly like with how dark it is it's hard to see the cars like you get mm. the outline of the car but like i couldn't tell you what it was for a car for like 90 percent of the scene yeah uh here's actually a good uh segue to my next imdb fact about the batmobile i want to see if you think the director did a good job with this Matt Reeves talked about the Batmobile. I like the idea of the car itself being a horror figure, making an animalistic appearance to really scare the hell out of people's uh, Batman, out of people that the Batman is pursuing. There's absolutely a horror genre aspect to this movie being the Batmobile. All right. So, part of me kind of wants to believe that, and I mm. almost did for a second, but then I remembered Kit. I don't know if you've ever seen Knight Rider. Yeah, kid from Knight Rider. Yeah. And so in the beginning of the scene, we see the car, but we only see the, the vague outline of the car. The headlights mm. aren't on, and we just hear the engine revving. Yeah, that was a good scene. And it was beautiful because it's uh, Cobblepot <laughs> is the one who sees it, and he's scared because yeah. he sees this like monstrosity. Mm. And then we see this little orange light come up across the thing, which I think is supposed to be like fire, like rising through the hood. But it just reminded me of Kit, where the little red light goes across the grill. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that kind of ruined the illusion for me. But the thing like, so I don't know if you've ever seen Christine, which is the horror car. I've been meaning to, but no, I've not seen it. Okay. Good movie. Highly recommend you watch it. Mm. But basically, it's got a similar scene. 
but it's the 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 black outline of the car, even though the car is red, but it's like pitch black out. You can barely see the car, and then the headlights pop on, and all you see is the headlights just start coming towards you, and it's making mm. those kind of creepy, but like car noises, like the engine's revving, but it does it in a very ghostly, horrific tone. Yeah, and I think that's what they were going for. But as soon as I saw that fire coming through the hill, the grill, I was like, oh, it's kid. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't see that part of it, but yeah, I definitely liked the lead up to that because we even, like you said, we didn't see it until now, except in the background of yeah, one scene. It, yeah, like covered up with a tarp, and you saw the engine and pieces on the floor and stuff. It like it just they gave like we know what it looked like because we've seen pictures online, but like they never gave you the full view until they made it into wannabe horror car. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, definitely highlight for the movie for sure. It's definitely a car chase. Like you said, very well executed. And at the end when uh, Penguin flips his car and like you get like that shot that's like kind of like from the perspective of Penguin that's like inside his car, but it's like upside, the camera's upside down because Penguin is. And then like there's like the fire in the background as Batman gets out of the car, walks towards him. I'm like, that damn, that's that's a good shot. That's that great stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Batman himself. Um here is Robert Patterson's opinion about his Batman and how he approached it. Bruce is obsessed in being Batman. He has no desire to be Bruce. He wants to just throw it away. For him, being Batman is like a strange kind of therapy. He thinks this is a one way he can save himself by living in this kind of zen state as Batman, where it's just pure instinct and no emotional baggage. It feels like he has a death wish when going out at night. I always get the impression that he wants to keep recreating the night when his parents died. In his mind, every single person he's fighting is a person who killed his parents. Damn, that's dark. It's dark, and I would say that's mm. believable, judging off the very first scene where it's like uh, he's going up against a, what I'm assuming are like Joker thugs. They all have the face paint on, or at least like partial face paint, and they're attacking this like defenseless uh, uh, like businessman. Oh, in yeah. A, in a subway uh, station. Yeah, it's like a game of, like, eight people or something. Yeah, and they all have, like, white face paint. So yep. I'm, I'm assuming Joker thugs. I don't actually know. But then Batman, Batman just pops out of nowhere ready to beat the crap out of him. And, like, from that scene alone, I got that. From the rest of the movie, I didn't. Really? I got... I don't even know. Like, emo... Hmm. Uh, definitely emo is definitely... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of well. It kind of goes into grunge, but definitely emo. Especially, I like the part. Uh, I generally I like the dialogue, but one part that was a little bit too much for me was like when he's like, "You're not my dad." Oh yeah, we to was, Alfred. Yeah, we was talking to Alfred. <laughs> exactly. Like so for stuff like that, and also like I just never felt death wish. I never felt like he did anything that was death wish. Mm. Like that first fight, like the car chase scene. That would be believable death wish because he's like jumping over like an on fire tractor truck that could explode. And the very beginning scene when he's fighting like a group of eight thugs with his body armor, getting his ass handed to him for like two mm. minutes and then eventually winning like that. I got that sense from, but the rest of the movie was just detective. Yeah. Emo detective. Yeah, definitely more than the detective that's what the movie is definitely a detective movie yeah. uh, that first scene it does a very great job of introducing his batman that's i do thing. disagree though i do feel like i still get that death wish because like towards the end when he is trying to save the people who like they're getting flooded out and there's like an electrical like thing about to fall in like he cuts the rope and like he kind of falls in the water with it that he could have died and when he's attacking all these riddler thugs with like machine gun 
machine guns, I definitely felt like he was outmatched and like, oh, the whole time I I personally thought that like, okay, he is like obsessed with his goals being Batman. Mm, nah, no, okay. I w- sorry, his goals of being Batman, yes. But again, I felt the detective side of the Batman, not the boxing. I'm ready to throw down and beat the crap out of anyone, Batman. Sure. I only got that from two, maybe three scenes. Okay. And I didn't get it from the Riddler one because if you remember correctly, all those Riddler guys were like your everyday Joes that had probably only <laughs> held a firearm once in their life. Like they yeah. weren't very good at the best of times. Like if you pick goons, you could hire better goons. Yeah. So I want to get into that soon. But first, uh, while we're on the subject, I want to talk about um, that scene you were just talking about. It's a great scene, the open scene where he beats the crap out of some thugs. And I think the first part is when he comes out and he beats one guy up to a pulp. It's like the famous part from the trailer when he just keeps punching the guy. He's like, I'm vengeance. And then he does two more punches. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the exact quote on this, but apparently those last two punches were Robert Patterson's idea. What he wanted was <laughs> that he was beating the crap out of this guy. And then he says, I'm vengeance. And his idea was to do the last two punches because he wanted the thug to drift off into sleepy time land as, <laughs> as, as he, he heard, I am vengeance. The last word you hear is vengeance. <laughs> yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a great actual like audition. He's like, I'm vengeance. And he did two more punches. That was a brutal scene. Oh, no. Like, again. For that moment, I was sold on mm. the Batman you described. Yes. Uh, let's get into uh, – we're talking about a lot of things we liked. Let's talk about things we disliked. I really liked this movie. I think I might have liked it more than you, but something I didn't care for, and this is kind of a segue sort of from your talk about the Riddler thugs, um, was although I do like the Riddler, this Riddler is very inspired by the Zodiac killer, and it's like very much he's like a serial killer. Uh, one part of the Riddler aesthetic I didn't like personally – was the social media aspect to it. And our Batman characters have used some sort of social media. Joker would uh, play different, like, creepy tapes on live networks and whatnot. And uh, Riddler used newspapers a lot, from what I remember. Yeah, the, the original one with Jim Carrey, I think, maybe. No, 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 just, like, in comics in general. He oh, uses, sure. like, newspaper articles to be, like, or newspaper ads, I should say, to be, like, send messages to like Batman which is something I'm surprised they didn't do more of because that is also a very Zodiac thing to do because the Zodiac would do that too he would send messages to the cops about his killings from newspaper articles well I think this was supposed to be the modern equivalent of that was posting it online and posting videos online to show the cops and I definitely get that um doing a modern take on a social media does make sense just for me. And I brought this up to a friend of our Lewis, uh, me and him were talking about it and we're talking about everything we liked. And I said, one thing that I personally didn't like was a social media aspect. Here's why uh, it's not super distracting of course. Cause like he needs some way to communicate. But the thing for me is that we're talking about the aesthetic of the movie, how it's nineties grunge. It's kind of nineties Tim Burton, Batman Gothic look um, while it's definitely set in the modern age it has a stylization to it that's not overly modern. Um, and when the social media part comes in, that kind of breaks the that sort of like style they're going for of like, oh, no, this is 2022 is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. For me personally. And I just – I hate in movies. This is another personal thing. I hate when social media shows up because like they usually have to not show Facebook or YouTube whatever. Yeah, so it's always some random not name brand. Yeah. 
Yeah. I personally don't like that. So if we're talking about things that I didn't like, uh, the movie probably going to cut 20 minutes shorter and the social media thing kind of ruined it for me. Didn't ruin the movie, but definitely ruined part of my love for Riddler. And I did like this version of Riddler. Actually, I did not mind that at all because I think in the modern era, because I know like it didn't fit into the the background of the movie, mm. but as far as like supposed to be set in 2021, 2022, whatever, him creating his own website to basically create a, a uniformed army of like random citizens. Yeah. I think a website would do the trick. That, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I actually really liked his little like website weird. Sure. That he had going. Oh, he had like uh, 500 and like seven followers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that I like, but as far as like, that's fair. Um, like the whole flash drive thing with the thumb, like I got the joke thumb drive, mm. but like, yeah, that was a bit unnecessary. And then having the website that only showed the Riddler's like logo, mm. like it was all black and then they had to type in and then the Riddler would type back and then, yeah. Oh, that, it was like, uh, Oh, what is those called? They're not called room chats. What are those called? Ah, uh, it's like the thing that people would communicate with each other before, like Facebook. Yeah. Um, dang. which again, like, didn't fit in so much. Like, I understand the social media, but then you get to like that, and that feels very '90s because again, that was like chat early, room, chat room, like early two thousands '90s is chat room. Modern is it's definitely one fair point is that it's definitely creepier to do a chat room rather than like they're like write each other over like Yahoo or whatever. That is fair. Well, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it didn't fit together with him creating his own website that like showed all of his parameters and like, oh, this is the gun you need to go and wipe people out. Mm, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so it, it didn't match. That's what I'm saying. Um, other things that you didn't care for. Oh, um. I like Catwoman. Yeah, Catwoman's great. Like the Riddler. I, I I still like the social media aspect, even if you didn't. You liked uh, Penguin? Of course, yeah, Penguin's good. <laughs> they didn't no. show him enough for me to say yeah. I like him. Sure. Like, he's good, but I don't know, like, how good. Can we segue into a Penguin fact? Sure. So, Penguin was originally not going to be uh, Colin Farrell, who he did a great job in this. And, like, I don't know if you know Colin Farrell from real life, but he does not look like Penguin. They did a terrific job with, with his them. makeup. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I guess it is Penguin. Uh, originally, Jonah Hill was going to be. Oh. And did I tell you this already? No, I don't want to know this as it turns out. So Colin Farrell was approached to be Penguin, and it didn't happen, obviously, because he wanted $10 million to do it while main character Robert Patterson was making $4 million. <laughs> yeah. Mean, I guess he's not the Best actor, I mean, most famous actor, but yeah. still, yeah, four million for playing Batman. You would think it'd be higher, but also on the other hand, like, oh no, not really on the other hand, but mostly on the other hand, what what universe, Jonah Hill, that you're gonna make over double of what Batman's making? In a oh, role? Jonah Hill wanted this. Jonah Hill wanted ten oh, million. I, I thought you said the the guy was. I thought you said Colin Farrell. No, the, no, 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 not Colin Farrell. No, uh. Um, no, Jonah Hill oh. didn't play Penguin only because he won ten million. Oh, gee. And in comparison, yeah, to Batman $4 made four million. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. No, <laughs> Jonah Hill's not worth. No, he's not. He's not worth fifty thousand. Let's no. be real. Oh no, no, definitely not. Like I like him enough, but like, no, sorry, <sighs> even crime setting, like mm, even yeah. comedic aspect. Yeah, pay him as much as you want because like, sure, some people find him funny. <laughs> um. But as far as like actually being serious and being like a bad guy, mm. no, he's not 
he couldn't pull it off as well as this guy did. Yeah. For whatever, triple the pay or whatever. Yeah. No. And yeah, but no, he got to do don't look up. So <laughs> there's that for him. More power to him. Yeah. He was fine in that movie because yeah. I didn't see as much of him as I need. Or I saw more yeah. of him than I needed to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's such a, you know, some actor choices is like, what? Like the turn down, like the penguin role, which look now Colin Farrell's getting his own TV show. Exactly. And by far, honestly, like I know, as I said, we haven't seen him enough to say if I really like him or not, but kind of one of the better penguins I've seen besides Gotham. Yeah, definitely. You know, is what it is. Uh, We were going on things we didn't like. Yeah. Um, uh, cops. I thought, okay. like, I know they were meant to be all corrupt and kind of all that, but they were really useless. Like, I know <laughs> Batman's your star, <laughs> but, like, there was quite people. In the beginning scene, uh, Batman went after the Joker thug guys all wearing face paint. There was a guy stealing from a convenience store, and there was a guy doing graffiti. And they had, like, a police helicopter, like, shining a light on all these guys to be like, yeah. oh, Batman could show up any moment and attack these guys. It's like... Why don't the police show up and arrest these men? Like, what are they doing? How useless can you be? See, I agree with that in any other movie. I think that works fine in Batman because that's like part of like the Batman thing is that he has to cover Gotham's ass because the cops are fucking useless. I know. And corrupt. Okay, but that's fair. Until the end scene when there's what? Uh, When the, the big bad guy gets arrested and there's at least 60 cops. 60, 70 cops in the parking lot ready to arrest this one guy. Yeah. They get off their lazy ass to arrest <laughs> one guy. Holby, he's a big... He's a serial killer. No, no, it wasn't even the serial killer. This was before that. This was uh, the... the In the diner? The the mafia guy who got oh, shot. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, not, Penguin's Nightclub. Though. Carmen Falcone. Carmen Falcone in the parking lot of Zero Below or whatever the... the Place. Iceberg Lounge. Iceberg Lounge. Zero yeah. below. That's a good name, though. <laughs> oh, I think it's a uh, forty negative forty degrees. Well, there's because there's the club inside the club. Well, I don't know. There was a there's a second name for the second club. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, but there was at least sixty cops in that parking lot <laughs> being useful for once in their life. Yeah. And there was probably a good thirty cops in the the mayor's. Was it mayor? Yeah, the mayor when the mayor died. Yeah. There were like sixty cops in his house after yeah. he was already dead. Was there? Oh, yeah, there was a decent amount, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you see Batman just walk. But, like, it's a big city. I know it's a big city, yeah. but, like, most of New York is covered by New York PD, which mm. is probably equivalent. I mean, albeit there are different precincts, and we only saw one of the precincts, but there was quite a few cops in that one precinct. Yeah, okay, that's fair, yeah. And, and they were useless. <laughs> that's true, Until yeah. one, two scenes. What the, was the second scene? The the When they arrest Riddler. All right, so three scenes. When they arrest Riddler, when they were trying to arrest uh, Falcone, and when they went to the mayor's house. Three scenes they were useful. The rest of the time, they didn't do <laughs> jack of all crap. I guess, Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. I think that rolls well into what makes Gotham Gotham, but I get your point. Um, going to other things I really liked. Uh, Catwoman, terrific. But, um, again, apart from Gotham, because the one in Gotham was pretty good. Who's the one in Gotham? It was the girl, right? Yeah, the younger girl who was like yeah. more closer to Batman's age. Yeah, but it like she, uh, it portrayed a very all of them were kind of young. Cobblepot was young. The Joker, who wasn't really the Joker, was kind of young. It was a much younger versions of all themselves, but they were all really good. 
This one, the best of the older, like the the cat one we would know traditionally, yeah. I guess. Yeah, definitely my favorite one. Uh, I love how she's the very short hair. Yeah. Um, well, I, li- I like the wig aspect, like, because she keeps mm. her hair short so she can, like, kind of blend in and look like anyone. So she could show up at, a, like, a ball, like a fancy, like, million-dollar ball. Or she can go to a nightclub dressed as, I don't want to say a hooker, but she's dressed very, like, slutily. Yeah. And then, like, blend in. So she can blend in, like, any environment. And I like that, like, I was a chameleon. The chameleon. She does, yeah, she is able to do that, the chameleon aspect more. She's kind of like a spy for Batman. I really like that. And because she's able to blend more, blend in more, uh, partially because, like, the wigs and whatnot, um, I really like that aspect to it. Uh, just in general, she's a cool character. Apparently, reading through these facts, uh, it was her idea to have longer nails that were not painted because she wanted them to resemble more claws rather than nails. Yeah, because uh, Catwoman in the comics either wears gloves with claws, I believe, yeah. or does, like, really long, long like, nails. nails. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this was a very good, that was a good idea. And apparently, even though, like, she is... She is Catwoman in this. Apparently, this is still, from the director's standpoint, this is also still an origin story for her. But I feel like it kind of establishes her pretty well as, like, at least early day Catwoman. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it doesn't follow, like, the timeline of Gotham because in Gotham she was, like, a criminal as a kid. Mm. But as far as this timeline, this would be early stages for her. Yeah. Like, this is probably, like, the fourth or fifth time she stole something, like, a big job. Do you... In your opinion, I liked it. Do you believe the Batman Catwoman romance or no? I know yeah. my sister wasn't a fan of it, but she's a hater in general. Uh, it was uh, it was there. Yeah, I didn't mind or hate it. I I don't know if I really like. I don't know if I like dived into it. Yeah, I kind of thought the one in uh, the Dark Knight trilogy was better. In uh, Dark Knight Rises with Anne Hathaway's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the that series, their romance, like kind of. I, it was more believable. I felt more out of it. Sure. But again, this is early stages. We've only got one movie so far, so. Yeah, but they really, they do go into, like, the gothic romance to it. Because, you know, they have a couple of kissing scenes and whatnot. I definitely feel like great Catwoman, great Batman. I really like Robert Pattinson's Batman. I'm, like, I don't know. I feel like they could have uh, done a little bit better with the romance. But, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, amazing romance. It's a Batman movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not here for the romance. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else to talk about? Okay, so uh, we'll go back to things I kind of disliked. Mm. Not quite enough action as I want. Because, again, mm. I didn't feel his death wish. Like, I felt it in the very first scene. I felt it in the car chase scene. I didn't feel it again for the entire movie. Even in the Riddler scene, the Riddler goon fighting scene, I didn't yeah. feel it then. I kind of wanted to see him actually go out of his way to almost put himself in harm's way. Actually, there is one more scene that we're forgetting for this point, but also in things that I really liked. It's when he busts into the iceberg lounge and he's like beating off a bunch of people and he's definitely not in his own element because this is not his environment at all. It's not his environment, but like it's kind of his like thing, like in a dark area, there's the flashing lights. You can't really see what's going on. Mm. And like, that's kind of where he does his best fighting. I'll bet there are a lot of people here, so I could say that being a challenge. I don't know. That one just felt, like, almost more of, like, a choreographed fight scene. Sure. As to where the original one felt like a street brawl. The first scene of the movie. You mean. Yeah, the, the first scene of the movie felt like a street brawl where, like, he could get hit in the back of the head with a pipe and die. Yeah. As to where the next one, even though the guys had guns, it felt like he had control of the situation better. 
Makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that fair point. Um, yeah. So for amount of action, I was okay with the amount of action in a two hour movie. Yeah. In a three hour movie, I would say two more action scenes would have been better. Um, I'll agree agree with that. Yes. At least two more. Yeah. So if it was a two hour movie, I think I would have been fine with the amount concerned that it's mostly detective movie front and center. But given that it's almost three hours long, I will agree that probably another scene or two would have been good. Um, the first fight scene, terrific. The car chase scene is amazing. I really do like when he busts into the night iceberg lounge because, like, I was kind of worried for him because, like, he's in an area that he's, like, locked in with these guys. But there's also a bunch of, like, civilians he's got to make sure he doesn't hurt or anything. And that was kind of stressful. So I really like that scene. Uh, but, yeah, probably definitely another scene or two would have helped. Also, so right before the shootout scene at the the warehouse on the docks, it was a decent fight scene, but it was like short because it was mainly them shooting Batman and then him upping the car for the chase scene. Mm. So even though it was like decent action, it was like very short. Let's talk about um, violence in action. Do you like or not like uh, the brutality of this Batman? Because um, he definitely seems, while he's not Ben Affleck uh, murdering people, uh, he does. He's pretty brutal. For one scene, yes. Really, though? Yeah. What about the last scene in the movie? Remember he beats the hell out of one Riddler pug? Okay, but that was when he was on adrenaline. Mm. So he literally, he was drugged up. What? A, he, no, he like smashed the hell out of those, the bouncers at the Iceberg Lounge. He broke their nose, but like. I could have sworn he like broke someone's arm. I don't remember him going that far, but yeah. maybe I had fell asleep at that point. Mm. I don't know. But I know, like, the very first scene, yeah, that was brutal. And again, like, that scene, the very dramatic scene where he does the two punches after saying, I'm vengeance. Like, that struck mm. a chord. But, like, after that, I just never felt the same brutality. I So, like, maybe it wasn't so much the death wish. Maybe it was the bloodlust. Because the very first scene, I felt bloodlust. Like, he wanted to kill those guys, but knew he shouldn't. Mm. Anywhere else in the movie, it was like, he was beating them up solely to incapacitate them, not like he wanted to kill them. That's what I felt. Sure. Okay. Um, Apparently, Jonah Hill, while he's approached for role Penguin, he turned down the offer due to disagreements over the pay, but also he wanted to portray the Riddler instead. That would have been worse. (laughs) No no disrespect to Jonah Hill, but that would have been far worse. No (laughs) disrespect. I mean, he... I d- maybe I've never never seen him in serious roles. I've seen a couple of serious roles for him, but like he's still serious, but funny and not intimidating. But again, like the Riddler, I think works as mm. a serious, funny character. A.K. Uh, who is it? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. He portrayed a version of the Riddler that was pretty decent. This is a very new. This is the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. He definitely wouldn't have worked for, for this version for the Zodiac Killer version. Yeah. He would have worked more for a Jim Carrey version, but not as good as Jim Carrey. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, other things. Uh, length of time. Uh, a lot of people agree, longer movie. Uh, I say there's a couple scenes of like them going back and forth between locations that could have been cut. But overall, I'm like I've said before, I'm used to longer, darker mystery movies. But I would say 15 minutes could have been cut out. Oh, uh, what were we saying? Zodiac was two and a half hours. Uh, 
yeah, the movie says really inspired by Zodiac and Seven. Seven's like two hours and fifteen minutes, and Zodiac is two hours and forty five. But Zodiac, the movie's also a little bit long. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I could easily see half an hour being cut. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely a half hour would be nice, Unless, and maybe one more action scene. Yeah, uh, Riddler. Uh, Paul Dano plays him, and I love Paul Dano. He's not as famous as the rest of the people in this movie, but he's really good in supporting roles in other movies. And, like, it's kind of a joke on the internet that every movie he's in, he gets beaten up. Because, like, he's good at playing, like, the nerdier character that, for some reason, characters like to beat up on. Oh, like all the jocks and stuff, yeah. That's... Kind of. Like, he's, he's like, a taller Michael Sarah. Like, he can't beat up Michael Sarah because he's, like, you'd hit him once and you would die. Yeah. But, like, for some reason... Like today I was reading an article, like someone made a article about every time he's been beat up and like they ranked every time he was beat up in a movie. And there was 20 different like rankings. Damn. Like it was so long. I didn't read the whole list. <laughs> I didn't get to the number one. Uh, but anyway, I love Paul Dutton as a person. I really like him in this. Maybe at some point he overacts a little bit in this. Uh, but I do like Paul Dano in this. And he plays kind of like a creepy incel riddler kind of like yeah someone that kind of i don't want to say like a school shooter version of a riddler character i'll agree with that it's a bit dark but that's i'll agree with that it's but it's a whole thing like they got fed up with all the corruption and crime in gotham and decided to do something about it similar to batman but just in as we say the wrong way because mm. you know he's about to go mass murder a bunch of people yeah so yeah i definitely agree it's uh, not the greatest terming for it, but like a school shooter type vibe. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, and like he has like, like um, his like his diaries, his website is kind of like a manifesto of like this is like my last days on earth. This is what I'm planning on yeah. doing. It reminds me of like some other unfortunate cases from uh, American history recently, where someone just went insane or they went off because of what society has done to them and they went off and did some very bad things. That's kind of what I got from that. So I liked this version of Riddler minus for me, the social media aspect. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you. Like I do, I do like the traditional Riddler, the one that leaves more clues and is a bit kind of more direct about his like approach. But like this one was also good. Like I'll have no disagreements. Like by far in not any Batman movie, sorry. In most of the Batman's movie, this is by far like second top tier villain for mm. me. Yeah, yeah, he's very good in this. I was very happy with how Riddler came out. Uh, this movie eventually is probably going to get a sequel. They signed Robert Patterson to a free year, or not free year, a free movie deal. But apparently uh, Robert Patterson said that uh, the director hasn't talked to him yet about a sequel. But they're probably going to do it at some point. So the question is, what villain should they go up to next? Uh, in terms of Joker because he does have a scene in the movie. Apparently, there was two other scenes they filmed, one with Joker interacting with Batman. When Batman was trying to find Riddler, he goes to Joker for help. And there was one more scene of Riddler and Joker interacting. Both of those scenes were cut, but apparently you might see those on the uh, bonus scenes of the DVD when it comes out. Uh, but, you know, the movie was three hours long. I would have liked to see more of it. But... When people were like, well, Joker is going to be obvious next character. From the sounds of it, the director kind of wants to do different things because we've seen the Joker a bunch. So it seems like he kind of wants to keep Joker in prison and just like 
do different stories. Yeah, because that could be a big finale. Like if they do a yeah. three movie or four movie series, like yeah. the Joker, Riddler, and whoever else team up could be a good finale. Um, who do I want to see? We do have an established Cobblepot, but he's mm. also been done quite a bit. So I'd okay. I'm I'm okay with his TV show or whatever he's going to be getting. Um, who are some other? Ah, uh, Killer Croc was mentioned. That would be fun. Because yeah. actually, like, so the biggest thing we haven't in a lot of the more modern Batman movies, we haven't seen him going out up against anyone that's like really super powered. Bane, Killer Croc. I can't remember. He's got Solomon a, Grundy. Solomon Grundy. Like a few like really badass guys that he shouldn't be able to fight, but he figures out a way because he's, he's smart, smart. Yeah. And he uses technology to his advantage. Mm. Similar to Iron Man, but without the suit. Yeah. So I kind of want to see something like I really want to see like a Bane killer croc. Mm. Somebody who's got powers. Yeah. That's fair. That could be kind of interesting. Would you rather see killer croc or a Bane type? Is they're probably not going to introduce Solomon Grundy as he's like a giant zombie. That'd be kind of. I mean, they did do yeah. a like a uh, what was it like a uh, graveyard scene at the very end when like Batman and Catwoman split up. That's true. Yeah. He could pop out of there and like yeah. wreak some havoc. He's probably not going to. So <laughs> we've already got Bane for the Dark Knight trilogy. That's true. So honestly, I'd, I'd really like to see Killer Croc at at this stage. But Travis, Ooh. actually, it's a different universe. I was going to say, but Travis is already a Killer Croc in this universe. No, I mean that one's dead. Yeah, and it's a different universe. Well, we'll see. It might be a different universe. We'll see how the the, the Flash, Flash paradox works yeah. out. Do you hear that it's getting pushed back to next year? I'm so sad. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip over that for now. But yeah, so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So yeah, just any. Honestly, like it doesn't even have to be one of his own villains. Like I'd happily take any superpowered villain at this point. Just somebody to connect this universe to the DC universe that's been somewhat established. Probably not. Because mm. like currently, I do. I could understand this in the Joker being connected in a way, like the 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 Joker. From oh, the Joaquin Phoenix one. Joaquin Phoenix. But like, I don't see these two movies being connected to any of the rest of the universe at all. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's doing his own thing. Apparently, the director was asked if he ever thought about adding Superman, and he was like, no. Like, Evo, they're famous in the comics as, you know, they're, like, friends often, or, you know, sometimes they fight. But he was like, for me, it doesn't work because, like, their aesthetics are totally different, and one is drastically more powerful than another. And if you add Superman, you got to add, like, other aliens and stuff. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, no, I think this was fine. Because it used Riddler that, even though we've seen before movies, he hasn't been used a lot. Oh, sorry, Mr. Freeze actually would also be pretty Yes. Good, now that I just thought about that. Yes, I would like to see... Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze, those are my two top ones currently. Uh, I think Mr. Freeze might take it for me, because that's a character you can do... You can still do realism. Um, but he does have, like, almost superpower, like... Abilities with, with his suit and whatnot. with his suit and gun and stuff. And then, like, Willie had an Arnold Schwarzenegger version, which was very pun based and whatnot. And, like, Mr. Freeze is a very tragic background. It would be interesting to see that in a movie. And, like, when they used him in the Arkham City video game, his the fight with Batman against him, because, like, Mr. Freeze overpowers Batman with his uh, freeze gun. It's a very, it's by far one of the scariest boss fights I've ever been in because you're sneaking around to avoid getting found by Mr. Freeze and he like instantly freezes you. You have to sneak attack him, the only way to beat him. Um, yeah. So I would like to see him. Uh, Scarecrow would be cool, but we saw him a couple times in the Dark Knight trilogy. So 
I thought I was doing something different. I wasn't satisfied with that Scarecrow. So if they mm. could do a better one, I'd be okay with it. But yeah. I'd still top tier would be Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I'll be cool with that. Um, Poison Ivy is a cool character, but I feel like they don't want to do like the whole like plant control thing. Yeah. Plus, probably. we got her in the Harley Quinn show. She's yeah. good there. Harley Quinn show and possibly when Harley Quinn comes out with another movie, we might have her again. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, she would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about this movie before we move on? Um, I guess one thing I really like the cinematography was really good. Apparently, the cinematographer also did Dune. Oh, okay. That both of those movies look really good. Yeah. Um, I like the music. Um, yeah. I wasn't sold on music. You weren't sold on the music. Yeah. I mean, like some of the songs like really fit well and really like made sense, but then I felt like some of them were like either very dramatic or very classy. When the scene was 90s grunge, and that sure. just didn't fit in my mind. Yeah, no, there was definitely a more like classical um, kind of look or sound, I guess, is some of the music. I guess yeah, I which say. like would fit with the gothic horror, but doesn't so much fit with like 90s grunge. No, that's fair. Um, I'm looking at any last things on IMDb that might be interesting to talk about, and then we can move on to our final segments of the week. Um, I think that's yeah no I think that's anything. There's nothing else here that I'm seeing that's particularly interesting I want to talk about. Um, yeah no that's it. Uh, yeah let's get into our final review. So for me I'm going to give this movie a great. I like the look of it. I like the sound of it. Um, the cinematography is good. I liked all the actors. I liked how they portrayed the characters. Um, I wish the movie was a little bit shorter. Maybe a little bit more action. But as someone who really likes uh, murder mysteries, this movie is definitely up my alley, and I've always wanted a detective story, and while this does feature a lot of detective work, I was okay with it. I give this movie a great, and while I did like Ben Affleck enough, I'm happy enough that we're going a different direction. I like Robert Patterson as an actor, so I'm going to say this movie is great. Ben Affleck was a Batman? Ben Affleck? Yeah, he was Batman. Oh, I didn't realize that. How do you know? What? Ben Affleck? Yeah. He was the standard cut one. Oh, I forgot that one existed. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. There's a <laughs> he, like, he was in like three movies or two. Sure. Yeah. No, he was in three movies. He was in. Uh, well, if you count Snyder Cut uh, movie, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm counting that. And Batman vs. Superman. And Justice League. And the Suicide Squad. He was remember he arrested Deadshot. No, he he was that Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, really. Okay, so four movies, I guess. Yeah, three and a half, let's say. Uh, Snyder cut doesn't count as that counts as a movie and a half. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, okay. Um, I wanted more uniformity to this. That's what I wanted. I I got all the different aspects. So I got the bloodlust for Batman. I got the detective Batman. Um, I got the gothic horror, I got the 90s grunge, and 80s, like, uh, kind of, uh, co- uh, what is that, drug drug money movie. Uh, like a crime movie? Crime boss movie? Kind of. Basically Scarface is yeah. what I'm getting at. So I got all that, but it never felt together. Mm. I, like, I got one scene of one, and then I got another scene of something different. I never felt the scenes tie into each other enough that it all felt uniformed. Mm. That's right. what I wanted. That's why I can only give this movie a good. Okay, that's fair. It didn't feel like as fluid enough, you would say. Exactly. So 
like just for example, one scene where I mentioned like the music was very classical and they were following, I think it was, it was one of the opening scenes. They were following uh, Riddler as he's about to kill the mayor. Like that's a very dramatic scene, but it just like the way the music was playing, it felt like somebody was about to have a party, like a classical, like ball part, ballroom party. Uh. And then the next scene is like Batman throwing down ready to like rip the face off somebody in a, basically a bar brawl. Yeah. And I just like, it never felt connected to. So do you feel that the tones were mismatched? Yeah. Yeah. From scene to scene, the tones and the settings were just different. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you thought that, uh, the tone never felt like coherent enough where it flowed into each other as yeah. well as it did. It felt more like, Maybe mini scenes, sort of, for me, or you, kind of like mini <laughs> movies, sort of, of different um, I, themes so, and styles. Yeah, so I could see it was one movie. I could always tell it was one movie, but it just felt like different genres thrown into one movie. Yeah, okay, I get that. Different yeah. themes, different genres. Because as I said, like one is barroom brawler Batman. Next minute, you've got detective emo goth Batman. <laughs> And then, like, at the very end, you've got, like, OP Batman that can wipe out an entire bunch of goons with guns in a matter of seconds. Like, he's part of the Justice League at that point. Like, never felt one Batman throughout the entire movie. Never felt one Riddler throughout the entire movie. Never felt one uniform scene. Because as we said, we said 90s grunge, 80s crime movie, and... uh, Little goth. Gothic horror. Yeah. Like, all those aspects, but it never felt like they were just one thing. Sure. No, I get that. Yeah. No, I can totally see why you would say that. Um, there's actually one because you brought up the end, and there's actually one more thing I really liked. I want to bring up before we move on. Um, I really like at the end where he saves the people. We don't see a ton of scenes where Batman's interacting with the civilians. Like he's like leading people out of the water, and he has like a torch. He's like leading everyone out. Even at the end, he's like moving people onto like a helicopter, and he's like like lifting a girl up and put her inside a helicopter. I like that scene. I liked it, but at the same time, like no one, no one told him that this was his fault. Mm. Cause at the same time, him starting to become Batman and fighting crime, albeit it's a very good cause. He is the cause of Riddler. Cause Riddler saw the Batman and was like, that's what I want to do for a living. <sighs> albeit he was a psychopath and very much went around him in the wrong way. <laughs> but that's like Batman caused all of this. Mm. And, I'm sure he felt guilty about it, but like no one else seemed to understand that he was the cause of this. Yeah. Except for maybe Gordon, but he didn't mention it because, you know, they're friends. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So that's my only downfall with that one scene that was very like moving and very dramatic. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, that's fair. It actually felt the most modern because of setting. That's true. Yeah, it did feel the most. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's move on. That was our review of the Batman. Uh, definitely let us know your opinion on the movie. And I guess the next DC movie is going to be a while now because unfortunately it pushed back all these movies. I think the next one is Black Adam, which I think got pushed back to like August, I want to say. July or August. Um, I'm not particularly excited for Black Adam, but I'll probably see it. Well, I've seen enough of The Rock, but I guess, you know, another one shouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see. And then after that, I think at the end of the year is... It's not Flash. Oh, December is going to be Shazam 2. 
Oh, I didn't realize they were making another one. Yeah, uh, Helen Mirren's going to be a bad guy. Um, I really liked the first one, but I don't know. I didn't need a second one. Uh, I, I did want to see more of the the Shazam family. Yeah. Uh, the, like the different Shazams. I kind of want to see more of that. So I'm okay with the second one, but I would have rather seen something come before it, such as, I don't know, Cyborg. Well, that's uh, not happening anymore. No. Flash. <laughs> uh, was it Martian Manhunter? Hmm. Yeah. yeah you any... got Martian Manhunter. No, no, we didn't get Martian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. No, we didn't. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, we didn't get Flash. We didn't get Cyborg. And we still haven't got a Martian Manhunter. Hmm. Because they don't have their own movies. They've just been introduced through Justice League. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Which they are part of, but like, I want at least one of them to get their own movie because they're all good characters. And Flash was, his movie was going to come out this year. Unfortunately, it got pushed back until like, I think middle of next year, which is annoying. Yeah. So like, but why him? Like, if you're not going to make his movie, give us one of the other ones because they're all good. Well, they are pushing back all of them, but they did move up Shazam from no, no, next no. year to December. Yeah, I know, but like, why move up Shazam when there's so many other characters that we want to know more about? Oh, you mean just in general, why did they film just Shazam, Shazam 2? Yeah, like, why Shazam out of all the ones you could? Because uh, people like the first one, so it's proven that most likely the same A people show up. A lot of people like up. the first Aquaman. They just haven't made yeah. another one of those. Oh, that, they are working on that. That's coming out next year as well. Uh, I think it's called Aquaman The Lost Kingdom. I want to say. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Um, I saw that at the gym recently, uh, Aquaman, and I was reminded how fun the movie is. It's very goofy at times, but it's very, very fun. Compared to, like, the dark, dreary that we had before, yes. Yeah. It's good. I liked it. I want to rewatch it at some point. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I guess that's next time there's going to be a DC property. I'm hoping the Harley Quinn show comes out fairly soon. Uh, Harley Quinn season three. Oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said it's gonna come out. They didn't say when. I, mean, I think it's supposed to come out this year. They're gonna work on animated stuff, so hopefully it comes out. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our last segments of the week. Uh, comic book of the week. I have been reading a lot of uh, the Greek mythology series by Gavin O'Connor. So he made, I think, like twelve books. One from one for every Olympian, and it's kind of like. It goes into the Greek mythology stories. If you're into Greek mythology, these are totally up your alley. Otherwise, probably not. But it's for those who want the Greek mythology without having to read the very dense, many, many stories there are. Because there's like so many like mini stories and longer stories about these characters. And he basically took... So this is about the gods, right? It is, yeah. But it goes into other characters. So like the second book is about Hera, Zeus's wife. But a major part of that book is Hercules because... The only He's her re- son, yeah. It's her son, yeah. Or Zeus's son, and she's punishing him for Zeus cheating on her. So the whole, like, trials he does is because of Hera. Yep. So it's not always about that character, but it's like there's always some kind of connection. Okay. And I really like it because it's a good graphic novel, and it kind of condenses everything into a fairly thin book, but you get to learn a lot about these stories about having to read through it and you get the visual aspect of like all these cool like titans and cyclopses and everything like that that's pretty dope yeah so um you know not marvel or dc based but i've been been enjoying reading that i've been doing some write-in for a tabletop role-playing game set in greek mythology 
Um, so I wanted to do a little bit more research. But these books have been very entertaining. So yeah, the Greek mythology series from Gavin O'Connor. Uh, Game of the Week, Elden Ring. Huge uh, game that's right out right now. Uh, been collecting a ton of 10 out of 10 um, awards from different uh, game review sites. And I had to grab it because people are saying it's like, the best open world game since Skyrim and Breath of the Wild. Some people think it's better than those games, and I've been playing it. And uh, unfortunately, I'm struggling because I'm not used to the Dark Souls combat style, but I have been learning more how to manage it, and I have been getting better, so I've been having more fun with it. I've heard it's a lot more dodging because you can't really take as many hits. Yes. So what I learned very early on compared to Skyrim where it's like, offensive base in this game it's not about necessarily always doing the most damage it's about avoiding damage yeah so that's kind of what it's about but it's cool because it doesn't force you down any particular path you're just kind of exploring and finding things and that's kind of like what i like about open worlds it's good but also can be a hindrance you said because you can wind up in a very a territory that's got very high level characters you cannot win exactly and you're supposed to turn around and for me at the beginning that's a little bit of struggle because everything's high level for me <laughs> like i went to a wolf den i was getting my ass beat granted there was a bunch of wolves and they have low hit points but there's like a bunch of them in a single small area hard to dodge yeah so um but the monster design is really cool like they're unique designs it's not just like generic goblins um and kind of the look of the land and like the armor and just kind of the stylization of the monsters is really cool. So just aesthetic wise and gameplay wise, as I'm learning it, I've learned how to use this like spectral horse. That's been giving me more mobility to attack people from horseback. Oh yeah. No, that'd be very useful. Yeah. So I've been just kind of like running by people and like stabbing them with my spear. So that's been helpful, but yeah, definitely a cool game. And uh, it takes Definitely a bit of a learning curve, but if you can get through that, I think you're in for a cool game. I need to play more of it, but I think I'm in for a fun ride, and people are loving it. Nice. And you've been, you've probably seen more from the game because you've been watching it. You said, like, Twitch streams of it, right? Uh, a few, yeah. So there's a few streamers I watch that have been playing it recently, and honestly, it looks like it beautiful. Just, mm-hmm. like, comparing it to Skyrim, like, it's definitely on par with even, like, the most updated, like remastered whatever 10 Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like definitely on par with that any day of the week. And I will like, as you said, it's, it is a dark souls combat system, which I've also never played, but I'd still, it looks like just enough fun where I'll easily give it a try any day of the week. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you need to make sure you don't rage quit, but you need to just like die a couple times to learn the style, but really cool game. And, uh, you, you've seen more from me. So you, uh, more than me. So you probably seen like the cool monsters and bosses and stuff, or at least some of them. Uh, so a lot of people I've seen have just like, you have just started playing it because like they only got it like a day or so ago. So I haven't seen too many of the big bosses, but like from the monsters I've seen, they're far different than like any Skyrim, any, uh, I can't remember another game to compare this to right now. Breath of the Wild would be the closest comparison, probably. I've never actually... Well, I've seen Breath of the Wild a couple times. I've never never seen many of the monsters. Yeah. I know they're more, I don't know, cartoony? Yeah, they're kind of more cartoonish-based, but they're still fantasy, like there's goblins and stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely, they're not close monster-wise, but it's closest in terms of, like, an open-world game. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Elden Ring is pretty cool, and I'm excited to play more of it. And just what I like about it is the element of surprise of going to different areas, finding new monsters, and like being like, this is like a whole new world. I can't anticipate this. Skyrim, you go to certain areas and you know what you're going up against. You go into a certain dungeon, you know you're going to fight the undead anytime. Because, like, they build the caves and stuff a lot similar because there's just so much. If you go to a certain fort, you know there's going to be human bandits. And they all kind of have a similar stylization to them. And they all wear, like, leather armor and have bows and short swords and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Skyrim is more necessarily not about the monsters, but kind of, like, exploring the world. While this is exploring the world, but it's also seeing cool things that are very different and you have no idea. It's also the monsters are very unpredictable. Like you gotta be careful because their yeah. combat style is not just has a set routine. They change. Yeah, because like they could even choose not to attack you at some points. Like yeah. or not directly attack you. And it's just like yeah, it's that whole thing. You got to anticipate the unpredictability of it all, which yeah. is it seems fun. Yeah, definitely. So that's our game of the week, and we got our comic of the week. So that is our episode. So the Batman review uh, with Austin Travis from Trash Talk Podcast. Um, next time you hear from us, we'll be most likely on the Beer and Pretzel Podcast Show. We got role playing game actual plays and reviews and interviews with game creators on that our main channel. If you want to hear more from uh, movies and complex and TV shows on Trash Talk Podcast, we'll be back in two or three weeks and. Not sure what that will be, but we'll be back relatively soon. Possibly Nick Cage's new movie. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm excited for that movie. So it'll be most likely that whenever it comes out. But I think it's like end of April when it comes out. All right, we'll find something. So if if not, we'll do Scarface or something. Yeah, I'm down for some Scarface. And we can also com- uh, compare it with the video game. We can play that. Oh, yeah, because you've, you've got that. Yeah, and I fucking love that game. It's a great game. But yeah, this is Austin. And Travis. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll hear from you next time on either the Beer and Pretzel Podcast or Trash Talk Podcast. Or both. Or both. Or both.